And we are live. Okay. So, ladies, gentlemen, brethren, all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a conversation about Freemasonry. First, it's important that uh, we note that our opinions and our thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant body, etc., all-encompassing. We urge you to please connect with us and ask all your questions either here on the YouTube chat or on the room on the side of our Facebook page or on the Discord server um, as well. Uh, if you guys like these podcasts, please like and review them, especially on um, uh, YouTube because it helps with our ratings. We really appreciate that. So on with our podcast. Uh, <clears throat> of course, I'm Stephen Chung. I am a uh, decorated senior Demolaya past master at Prince Charles Lodge in uh, number 153 here in BEA, beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia. I'm also a 32nd degree Scottish Rite uh, Mason and a past Christ Chief Grand Master of the Valley of Vernon. Uh, with me today is worshipful, uh, very, very worshipful brother David Colbeth, a past master of King Solomon Lodge number 60 in Auburn, Washington. He is a past district deputy grandmaster for District 13 and a 32nd degree member of the Tacoma Valley of Scottish Rite. David is also current, uh, David also currently volunteers his time with his local Demolate and I believe the Rainbow Girls where his daughter is active. He also serves on several Grand Lodge committees and uh, of course dedicates some time to this awesome podcast. Um, brother uh, Connor Massey, our uh, uh, partner in crime is uh, just working his way back to if he can get back at home in time to jump onto the podcast. He was out doing some video blogging with our uh, most worshipful grandmaster, uh, Barry Burt, at the Victoria Day Parade. So uh, we'll uh, excuse him if he uh, doesn't make it. Um, as well, uh, today we have with us, I'd like to uh, give a, a brief intro and let him uh, do that himself. Most worshipful brother Doug Collins from Kamloops. He was our uh, past grandmaster from 2015-16 uh, here in British Columbia, and uh, uh, here we are all to talk about uh, the future of Freemasonry. And I'll pass it over to you, Doug. Thanks very much, uh, Stephen, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm uh, Doug Collins. I'm uh, member of Camelot's Lodge number 10, that's my mother lodge, and a member of several other lodges. Uh, I uh, am a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemason, member of the Royal Arch and the Shrine, Legion of Honor at Demolay, and uh, I don't know, that's enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite the active life you've had there, Doug. I, uh, I'm assuming that uh, things have actually you know, mellow it out now that you've uh, gone through the through the chair and have had time to settle back into what we call normal life. Well, I think, uh, yeah, that may be a little understated, but it's uh, it's been good. Uh, we uh, we've had a quiet couple of years, but now things are starting to creep back in, and uh, you know, they give you a year off, and then they start asking you to. Uh, get active again. So we've been doing some things with some of the Grand Lodge uh, committees and uh, having a, you know, having a good time, uh, just relaxing and doing some semi-retired work back in my broadcasting field. So it's been good. 
Excellent. Excellent. Um, so we talk about the future of Freemasonry and, uh, you know, of course that's not just here in our, in our BC, uh, that's in general, uh, on a global scale, I would say, um, your thoughts about, uh, where we at and where we're going. Well, I think we've, we've come a long way in the past few years trying to get our, you know, ourselves back on track. I think we went through a period of time where, where things were, uh, you know, a little shaky. I, I think that uh, we have been spending a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, who we are, what we are, what we're trying to do with the craft, how we engage people and, and make them want to, you know, continue on with us and, and stay as, as members of the craft. And I, I think we've done some good things to try to start that ball rolling. Uh, and I'm speaking just, uh, of course, in, in British Columbia and Yukon, because I'm not overly familiar with what some of the current things are. Some of the things that we were working on when, when I was grandmaster have been, you know, carried forward and other new things are, are taking place. But I think we're, we're in a position now where, you know, where we've made some baby steps and now we've just got to, you know, to move forward. I think the future of the craft is good. I, I think it's got, <clears throat> still got a place in our, in our lives. I, I really think it really comes down to, you know, how we want to make it work and, and what we see as, as our goals for the future. And speaking of initiatives that happened in your time, um, what, uh, is there any particular initiatives that uh, came into play while you were uh, uh, in the grand line there that uh, have really taken off now? Uh, well, I think that... I think that what we've tried to do, Stephen, is tried to, uh, over the years prior to my year as Grandmaster and moving forward to, to this year, is that we've tried to, first of all, develop a, a plan where everybody gets on board. You know, for so many years, Grand Lodge has always, um, you know, served the craft one year at a time, and we've not sort of carried it on from one year to the next but i think that one of the things that we've accomplished over the past you know number of years is that we've tried to get everybody on board with some kind of a strategic plan and that's come forward now with uh most worshipful brother barry birch having his uh strategic plan put in place where the the lodges are really being challenged to look at themselves and say what are we doing what do we want to do how do we get from A to B and make, uh, you know, make this craft vital again? And I think that's where it's got to start is at the lodge level. I think that so much has been, we've put so much emphasis on top-down things. And I think that we have to realize that Freemasonry, this is just my opinion, but I think Freemasonry has to be a, you know, it has to be a bottom up and not a top down. I think the lodges are the people that have to decide what the, what they want to do. Grand Lodge has a place to guide them and, and work with them and give them some help and direction. But what Most Worshipful Brother Birch is doing is what I think we need to do. And that's, and that's get the lodges involved at square one. Yeah, I, I've, um, uh, I've seen that the lodges that are, are um, you know, making progress uh, using technology. Um, 
that uh, those that have also done simple things like adopted the uh, Grand Lodge um, uh, mentorship program and six-step program, um, you know, we're hearing a lot of positive results from the use of these tools that are out there. And, and you know, I think that some of the um, uh, really important things is maybe where we can maybe try and do better is getting support from Grand Lodge level to help the lodge at like some of the guys in lodges, some of the lodges, they don't have guys that have the know-how to um, implement things technology-wise within their own uh, lodge. And so maybe there are some resources there can, can be uh, put together. I noticed there was a, a best practices page um, which is um, starting to grow. Mm -hmm. I think it's here. Here's my take on that, and and it goes back to what what I said earlier about the lodges being involved. We have one of the great things about going through the Grand Line is the places that you get to visit and to be able to see throughout the province and into other jurisdictions just what is available out there and what other people are doing. I'm disappointed, I guess, that that best practices page, the last time I looked at it a couple of weeks ago, had only about eight or nine things on it. Well, I know firsthand that there are lodges that are doing some great things that, that aren't there, and I would like very much to see those lodges put those things up on the page. And that's what I'm saying about what we need to look at in terms of getting the lodges on board and participating in, in these things. We have a speakers bureau on the, uh, you know, as part of our education committee in Grand Lodge. And the chairman has been working now for two or three years, well, even longer than that, uh, to try to get a, a, you know, a good speakers bureau put together. But there are speakers out there who I know that uh, have not put their names forward and and somehow we have to drive the lodges to be able to do that and get on board with that kind of program because i think that that so when, you, when you mentioned small lodges go ahead do I, do I understand what you just said correctly that grand lodge has a speakers bureau like a list of of uh speakers that can speak on various topics uh in our lodges that we could access somewhere i didn't know we had that well, it's been in development now. I, got, I have to say, Stephen, I, I can't say for sure that it's actually posted. I think it has been. But very worshipful brother Dan Zermiak, who's been the head of the Education Committee and people who have been on that committee before him, have been working to develop this now for, for several years that I know of. But it's been hard to put that list together. And when you talk about smaller lodges who may not have some of those resources, that's the kind of thing that I think would really be beneficial to be able to pull people in and, and get them to help. Uh, and you don't have to go too far away to find somebody who's pretty qualified to to be able to speak. David might have some comments on what, what's happening in Washington. Well, I was gonna ask most worshipful and even Stephen, have you had experience experience with those lodges that actually ask for the speakers. That's one of the things we're, we're running into and from I, I hear <clears throat> around is that while they have speaker lists and there's qualified people on committees and qualified people in Grand Lodge and past Grand Masters or yourself that have a wealth of knowledge, uh, but they don't get asked to come and speak many times. And so these lodges 
that really probably need that benefit of some good education and uh, some good involvement. Uh, they just come in, pay their bills and go home. Uh, but it seems like those lodges that are having that education time and discussion time and uh, are, are doing much better. Our, our, one of our past visitors just recently, most wonderful Jim Mendoza, just traveled to Portland recently to a Kenton Lodge and developed, uh, presented a, a, a speech on the, uh, what do you call it, the Oaks are falling. I think it was basically the idea that some of the knowledge that uh, our elderly brethren uh, retain and have is being uh, taken from us and it's not being passed on to younger gen, younger Masons, not age-wise but new masons mm -hmm. right so i guess um if these yeah, so two are being, if, if, you're, if your lodges are they asking for it and they're not you know are they, are they asking for more education and not getting it all right one of the things that we've heard is over the years is that they people want more education surveys have have indicated that masons want more education in their lodges but i believe that there are relatively few lodges in this jurisdiction that actually ask for speakers. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, yeah. you know, I'm saying that as a general term because there are certain lodges. Stevens Lodge is, is one of them. Uh, there are several, there are a few in the, yeah. uh, in the lower mainland where they have quality education. And uh, certainly those lodges are asking, but those lodges by and large, are successful lodges. And those lodges, I think you have to have more in education than just somebody reading a little paper that they've taken out, you know, somewhere, that there has to be some discussion. And and so much, so many times we've done that in our lodge, we've had some of the best meetings that, you know, we've, we've ever had is when that discussion gets going and people start talking about things and it can be something very simple, but it has to be more than just uh, an education officer reading a two-minute paper and and that's it you know you have to well, it can be it can be difficult yeah it can be difficult for someone to kind of prompt the other guys to start talking about it and that i think sometimes it, you know, it's like with anything in mason or anything in any organization when a new guy comes in and the meetings are quiet all you do is pay bills or whatever it doesn't matter if it's masons or lions or any other or anything if it's kind of a if the normal act is to not talk and just to come in and go out, then when somebody stands up and wants to have a discussion, nobody wants to talk because that's the way we've always done it. Nobody talks, right? Yeah, and and I think that's a that's a problem, and it's a problem in identifying people who can initiate that kind of discussion. And not every lodge has that, and that's where somebody from outside coming in can really be of benefit. I think that, I think that we we need to start with the with the way membership is these days you know I, if we looked at um education more from a district level rather than a, a particular lodge level and the reason i say that is because um you know the efforts that we've made to provide the type of education that the membership has been asked for is they've been coming in through the six-step program it, it's been uh, we're, we're tailoring things to what they've been asking for, trying to give it to them the way they've been uh, hoping or what they've been hoping to get. And so, you know, analyzing symbolisms and things like that is all great, but 
it was really the process that we found more challenging. Every worshipful master would come in and try and do something great and wonderful to improve these things. But then the next worshipful master comes in with a different agenda, right? So I think that what we did, uh, one of the things that has made um, uh, things like our More Light Night uh, very uh, well received is that it's open to the district. It's on a, uh, on a night where there is no other lodge uh, things conflicting. It's very casual and self-directed. And I think that <clears throat> if we can find guides in each jurisdiction to, um, I guess, give that boost, that charge, that plug, and I, and I think it's best done through the deputies, uh, I think if they can give the plugs as they go around and do their official visit and, and find the guys who have so much knowledge and experience to share to try and do these in their area, um, I think that'll really help uh, because guys don't want another meeting. Guys don't want, you know, more things to tie down their time. They are trying to get that education in the time frame that we're already working with, but it's challenging. I, yeah, I agree. I think that's the the biggest challenge in dealing with some of our younger Masons is is how to give them the quality of the meetings without um, giving them too many extra meetings when they've got uh, four kids at home and a two hour commute to work and and that sort of thing. They don't necessarily want another meeting. But on the other hand, you can get a situation where uh, you can, if you do it right, provide some opportunities within a meeting to do it. Not uh, like David says, just go in there and pay bills and, and go home after 20 minutes. That's to me not, I'm, I might as well just stay in my, in my home and watch TV or read a Masonic book. I'd probably get as much out of it as that other than the camaraderie of being with my brothers. But I, I, do, I do think that's an issue. And I think that we have to try to figure out a way to do that in a way that maximizes their time. I've, you know, I've got a bit of a, a bugaboo about trying to deal with the newer Masons because I think that we have tended in the past, we have said, if you, oh, we have a new guy, let's get him active and let's give him a job. Let's get him active doing something. Let's get him to set up the festive board or, you know, let's get him to, you know, be a part of this or that. My feeling on that kind of thing is I would rather get the older fellows who are retired to set up the festive board and give this new fellow some quality mentorship and education if we're going to take a half hour of his time to, to come and do something. Uh, um, I, I really think that we're not mentoring like we should be. And, and I think we all notice that, that there's all of these brothers who have been there for 50 years and never have come to a meeting, to me, we've underserved them somehow because they really got not much out of, out of the craft. Right. You know? and, 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 you know, but it, it does, and that still, again, that brings it back to another well said point. You get out of it what you put into it. And if you're going to stay at home and, and not participate, then that's, kind of what you're going to get out of it right and exactly. so I, I get everything that i am looking for out of freemasonry 
because I I work at it. Um, Freemasonry for me is uh, the one thing I have that is for me. Um, it's not something I do for my wife or my kids or, or anything else. It's something I do for me. And um, so I put effort into it, right? I participate because, you know, it was no different, you know, like I'm going to go to a reunion this weekend uh, with uh, D. Malay and, you know, now all of a sudden all, all my homeboys there are coming out. It's going to be like a beaver chat reunion, right? But they all joined masonry when uh, they jumped out of D. Malay and I, and, and you know, there's maybe – uh, a couple on my uh, 20 digits that uh, I can count that are still active. And uh, I know this because I waited and joined later and have been active 20 years and they haven't been around. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, putting, they, they got to put some effort in and, and uh, to get out of it. Uh, but those, I think that come and look, um, I think those are the ones that are going to make the effort. There's guys like me everywhere who who make the time and effort to do things like text messaging program and, and to, you know, give that extra push. You know, I might, I might get known as a, as a bulldozer every now and then, but uh, you know, I get shit done and, and guys that um, just sit on the sidelines and wait, it, it just never happened. Right. So, so how do we reach them? Well, I think it's I think it's really got to be a message from the district deputies uh, when they go out because um, that's the only time that Grand Lodge can really have or not the only time but I think that's the best time the Grand Lodge can have that influence and you know if if they maybe shared some of the stories maybe maybe Grand Lodge would uh, put together the website for that practice. Maybe they got to start sharing some of the stories about the best practices and the things in there so they can get drive more usage of it, right? It's already there on the site, right? Just drive people to it, right? You know, maybe that's the way to reach them. But I can tell you one thing. Stephen? Go, go ahead. And then I, we got a comment on our, on our YouTube channel. So go ahead and finish that. I can tell you one thing that when I started doing text messaging two years ago, Okay. I, I was fighting to get 40 guys to agree to be on the list. And we got over 112 guys on the list now um, that have asked to be there. And uh, I think that's awesome. So it is growing. And I think it's like anything else. It takes time. Go ahead, David. I was going to say, you're, you're talking about a system or how do we do that? And uh, Richard Porter commented about LEAP, L-E-A-P. He said yeah. out, of, out of 130 judges in the jurisdiction, only 90 choose not to participate in the Grand Lodge League. What is that? Is that a BC program? Well, actually, if I can just comment on that, Stephen, I, the, the program, mm-hmm. um, and it's good that Richard asked that comment because he and I have, we go back uh, a number of years and uh, the, the LEAP program was started, and I, I certainly stand to be corrected, but my my recollection of the LEAP program was that it was initiated in British Columbia by Most Worshipful Brother Bob McSween. And I may be wrong, but I believe that he stole that from Washington. And, uh, and I could be wrong about that, but I do know that it came in during his time. And the LEAP program, to me, is a perfect way 
to start a lodge's strategic plan because basically there are a number of steps in there and there are three or four different parts of the program but it involves visiting it involves visiting by um by uh, a group of principal officers it involves visiting by certain number of officers and you get certain number of points for each of those things that you tick off on the on the list it involves education it involves a whole gamut of things that if you undertake them you're really getting your lodge involved in doing the kinds of things that that i think we all want to see us do and and the leap program for some reason whether it's because it was initiated by grand lodge or whether you know when people took exceptional grand lodges putting their thumb down which tends to be you know a reaction a lot of times when grand lodge tries to do something then um you know, but there has been a certain negative reaction to people getting involved. And it's only in the past, well, few years. I know most worshipful brother Ron Yates, who um, is our immediate past grandmaster, really, really pushed that during his time as dis district deputy. He got all the lodges in his district on Vancouver Island to uh, be involved in the LEAP program. They all did it. And it, to me, is a great plan for getting your lodge involved in things but uh, there hasn't been the mass acceptance that i think we would like to see in making that happen you know well, when, when i was a, when i was a kid all all of the world's knowledge uh was contained in my dad's den on the third shelf of the encyclopedia britannica yeah <clears throat> when you as much as i'd love to say that washington could be credited for that i just went out to the to the new you know global <laughs> knowledge of Google and uh, search for uh, the LEAP program BC and uh, we have to give credit to Oregon. They were okay. the ones. I see a little in your uh, BC newsletter. It talks about the LEAP program. I to get most worshipful McSweeney on and uh, have him talk about that program and what it's done for BC and what, maybe we can implement something like that in Washington. Yeah, I assumed, I, assu I assumed that it was uh, uh, Washington, because uh, Bob had uh, so much, uh, he still does have so much connection with uh, Washington State, uh, being close to the border, he has <coughs> he has a number of memberships south of the border, so I just assumed he, uh, he stole it from you guys. But it was a great idea, and uh, certainly something that I think is part of his legacy, that he brought that into to our jurisdiction, because I think it's a perfect blueprint. I, I assume Richard would agree with that, because I, I know he um has been big on trying to organize uh, uh, things with his lodge in penticton yeah he, he indicates on the, the chat he's he's uh, saying that he's disappointed that some are not participating or aware of what actions are necessary for a lodge to qualify for the award. and so i think it's just as stephen was saying it's a matter of communication and getting the message out whether it's at a grand lodge level or at a district level or at a local lodge level making sure that these programs are available understanding unfortunately we had we had a program that became more of a plaque, uh, an award system rather than a true performance system. It was it was a performance system, and so to encourage the guys in the lodges to participate. They developed plaques, and then it became ended up just being a plaque delivery system. Uh, you know, every district meeting, the grandmaster and the district deputy felt like they had to uh, to give a plaque out uh, to every lodge. And then one year, gosh, I remember it might have been my year as deputy the year before. Uh, they changed the rules and said, okay, only each district only gets one plaque. Basically, you just have to compete for that award. And not every lodge gets an award. And 
it was a, like a it was like a mass uh, exodus. All of, <laughs> I think out of our nine lodges, I think only one participated. It was everybody kind of it was a bit, uh, might have been one of and when, it, when it's an award system and not a true actions, then that doesn't doesn't do any good. Yeah, I think that if you look at it as a as as a means to an end and not the end, you know, like the end not being the plaque or the certificate, but the end being actually a lodge that's doing some things, that's a much better way of looking at it, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the other things that could be done to help improve the communications is simply uh, like when Grand Lodge sends something out to the secretaries that, you know, they want to, to be read in lodge, they should also have them forwarded to their membership. Um, so that they get the document that's being read out in lodge, they have it at their leisure. Um, and for the the members that can't get out to lodge and participate, um, they don't even know that something's been read out in lodge, um, and they'll probably never hear about it because they weren't there, mm -hmm. right? But but if Grand Lodge documents that they want read out in lodge were by default asked to be forwarded to each of the lodge members. At least more would be more informed, I think. Do you have any sense of how many members, how, how many emails of members that the lodges actually have or Grand Lodge actually have? I think, I think our numbers are in the, the low, under 50%. I don't know if they've gotten better now, uh, but uh, it's, it's surprising how few email addresses the lodges Your volume keeps going up and down, so I can't hear half of what you're saying. I got. Uh, Sorry about that. Go ahead. Go ahead Doug. I was just going to say I, I got most of what you were saying there, and I think that you know we one of the our database here, all of the email addresses now for members are pretty much on the database, and each secretary has copies, uh, mass distribution list, and there are very few members who do not have, uh, at least in our lodge here in Cantaloupe's, do not have an email address that we can connect with. But I I agree with, with Stephen, we have to make sure that we do all our business now and correspondence in our Board of General Purposes meetings. And the only correspondence we really read out at our meetings is from Grand Lodge. But we do email all of the minutes of the Board of General Purposes meeting out to the members so that they are aware of the things that are being discussed. But I think that it's incumbent upon all of us to make sure that these messages, even about things like this podcast, are sent out uh, to the various uh, members uh, of the jurisdiction who say, hey, did you know there's a Masonic podcast? The Working Tools podcast runs every Monday at 12 noon, and you can uh, stream it uh, later if you miss it. Uh, I, I don't think that message is out there. And there are other messages about various things that we do in our craft that, that aren't there. Some lodges that have good education, and I'm thinking now of a couple of lodges in Vancouver, Park Lodge in in, uh, in Vancouver and, uh, and Duke of Connaught in North Vancouver, they have, they're not the only ones by any stretch, but most worshipable brother, Philip Durrell, who was my predecessor in the Grand, in the Grand East, um, is uh, doing quality education and they put out posters of, of things that are coming up and dates that are coming up when they have their days of an enlightenment, similar to what, you know, Stephen and, and his group are doing in, in the Okanagan. And those things are, are pretty well publicized. And I think that 
we just have to continue to do more of that to get that message out. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that uh, you know the more things that come online like these podcasts and and um, you know the the different efforts that happen throughout the valleys, um, it, it can only improve it. You know, like Vernon, for example, they do a social every Friday. Uh, whether it's one or two or 12 guys, they have a social every Friday. And um, it's that's the one constant that their lodge wants to achieve, right? And that's what their lodge is looking for. So um, they had guys who took the initiative to make it happen. And I think that's really what it takes in each lodge or, or district for that matter is to find one or two guys that, I uh, think, hey, that's a pretty cool idea. You know, maybe if we can make that happen. We, we've done that here. We've done that in uh, in Camels for many, many years. We had a, we, we have lunch on Friday at noon and we get up to 20 guys, come out and, and participate. It's open to, to Masons and their wives if they want to come. And it uh, doesn't have to be Masons. It can be anybody really, uh, but mostly it's Masons. And we have lunch and... Uh, and chat and it's just a great way of, of having people who are interested in the craft come out and we get them to meet some of the guys and and see if there's some connection there and uh, sometimes it's led to new uh, new people uh, um, petitioning to join and sometimes it's uh, I'm sure led to some people who have decided Freemasonry is not for them but that's what you know that's what we're trying to do we want quality people and uh, it's not for everybody so we give them a chance and if they are on board, great. And if they're not, well, they'll serve in some other capacity, I'm sure. But the reality is that I think we've done a great job over the years in our jurisdiction, the past few years, we have done a terrific job in improving the structure of Freemasonry. Uh, we mentioned Richard Porter on the line there earlier. Richard Porter was on our governance committee and has been the focal point of improving our governance in our lodge. We have had tremendous work done on our constitution and our ritual. I think that the thing that has been lacking is the inspiration to do things that benefit the brethren from, let me put it, a Masonic standpoint in terms of the quality of the experience as a uh, as a, a lodge member, the camaraderie, the festive boards, the ritual, the um, education, all of those things, I think those are areas that we continue to need to work on. And I think that's the kind of thing that Most Worshipable Brother Birch's efforts this year at strategic planning and forcing the lodges to come up with what they would like to see, I think will be a real boon going forward because I know he's got subsequent members of the Grand Line on board, which is critical to carry this through to another year. And I think that's going to be the type of thing that, that is going to help us as we move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I know one of the things that, that they're working on is rebuilding our website to make it more user-friendly. Um, you know, David was showing us in a previous podcast some of the things that were available on their Washington, uh, Grand Lodge of Washington's website, which were quite impressive. And, um, you know, being the guy who's in charge of the website for our lodge, uh, you know, we've been looking at our use, our uh, usage, 
Um, how do the guys, what do the guys want to see on it and so on. And, you know, would the, if we built in all these really cool tools we saw, would they get used? So it leads me to ask David, you know, uh, do you know whether or not the cool tools that you guys have built into the Grand Lodge of Washington's site, uh, have they been well used, well um, publicized, I guess, and promoted, um, et cetera? Well, it's, it's a little bit funny in that uh, you think it's so awesome and, and there's a lot of complaints in our jurisdiction of people asking about modifying our website and making it even better. So uh, I appreciate that you like it. Uh, I think those, I think with anything, those that know about it and know why it's important will use it. But if they don't know why it's important, then they won't use it. And uh, so like the old adage, the short story, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. If, if somebody doesn't understand the value in the website and the tools available on anywhere, it doesn't matter. I mean, our I, I had a new a new guy ask about our lodge website, which I kind of manage, and uh, I said, well, I, I like to look at it more of as a brochure than an active website. Our our active discussion and community happens kind of on Facebook mostly or in person. We don't have. Uh, we do have a calendar as well that's active, but I go in and post the, the new photos for the officers and the, the, some of our events, and that's about it. I don't want to have it, have to manage the website and update it every day or every week. That happens through our Facebook and other communications, emails, and we do have the, you mentioned uh, our Grandview. And so when I talk about our emails, yes, our emails are getting better because of our Grandview system. It's all digital now, and so I think we're up to a much higher number on communication and emails. but. Uh, through 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 direct communication on email, through direct communication in person, and uh, and then through our Facebook channels, I think our main communication and and, and those get used. But uh, you know, all the forms like on on Grandview, they're they're moving things into Grandview. So uh, Entered Apprentice has access to certain things. Uh, Fellowcraft has access to more things, and the Master Mason has access to even more. But it's still pretty new. It's only a couple of years old, and so they're still learning. Uh, how it works for one and then how to get that message out to people and the membership so they know how to use it uh, it's, it's difficult people don't like to learn new things <laughs> you know they like the way things always been they like paper uh it's it's uh, so it's hard to get is there a good effort to by the grand lodge to uh, educate people as to its uh, existence and its usage not i, I wouldn't say specifically whether we have uh, the print print media and uh, email media that goes out, email newsletter that goes out to talk about it. But if people aren't checking their email or learning about it, uh, you know, the messages that are being displayed in district meetings and things are more the current grand master's message or current things that are happening with events, you know, lodge leadership retreats or uh, other district meetings or other education programs that are going on, not so much uh, on the website, but here's uh, the, the, the there isn't a lot of membership training on Grandview, how to access it, what to do with it. There's there is regular training for officers on how to use the back end, but not so much the membership. And I I've been a proponent, outspoken proponent about just making quick videos to so, so people know how to use it. And everybody always wants to make take time to make these videos really beautiful and perfect and edit things out. And I say just start recording and hit record and get it done. Don't worry about making it perfect if if you really want to make it perfect, then you can do it later. Uh, just start recording things and getting the message out. Uh, it's it's amazing. if you look at the real world, 
you know, Google is the number one search engine and YouTube, who they own, of course, is the number two search engine. Uh, video, as, as is what we're doing today, uh, the going to be the new media for and, and continuing to be the new media for search and for uh, for knowledge distribution. Right. And um, Doug, do you know of any um, any anything in our Grand Lodge that is on the move for new stuff to help us communicate better? Or? In terms of the website? Uh, or uh, anything? Well, I think that I think that trying to be politically correct here, but I think Grand Lodge has has done a pretty good job of trying to communicate things. I think that the problem lies in the fact that many lodges don't look and listen. We have, uh, we went a few years back, we went, uh, the, the old printed bulletin we had was costing too much. And, yeah. and it was a tremendous effort for our grand historian and, and uh, our clerk of the office, right worship brother Trevor McEwen, to, to put that together every month. And so we decided that we just could not afford to do that anymore. So we, so we went to an electronic bulletin. The bulletin has more information in it overall than the previous printed bulletin had. And I think is, is making some progress uh, towards, you know, getting, getting some of that information out, but it's a question again of people submitting information to, to fill that uh, people have reacted people who like as, as David says the printed paper they've reacted negatively to having that electronic bulletin even though they're capable of using the internet and getting it because it's given to you in a PDF format that is all inclusive all you have to do is download it and it's not a yep. big deal to do that so we're you know but that has proven and I edited it for the first few years and it was like pulling teeth. And if I hadn't been in a position where I got all the lodge notices from around the province from my time as Grand Master, then uh, I wouldn't have been able to know half the things that were going on that I could ask for information from because people weren't taking the time to submit it. Um, but I mean, that has potential to reach everybody. Uh, our website- Again, it needs to be promoted too, right? And in, in all in all fairness, and uh, that, or you know, in all honesty, I think that's where it lost a lot of attention because I was a very faithful e uh, uh, news bulletin reader, and then all of a sudden I didn't get it no more, and I didn't know for a couple of years that it had come out into an EB format, and then I I heard about it. And then it was a struggle for me to find out how to get it. And and then now I get it and I forward it on to other people who haven't figured out how to get it, right? And so, you know, it's being forwarded and forwarded and forwarded now, right? You know, which is kind of funny in a sense. But um, you're right. It took a long time for it to come around and, and get noticed again. But I think it needs more promotion and like Richard Porter said in his thing, his secretary forwards on things from Grand Lodge to the membership. I wish all secretaries did because I might have had that EB, EB link a lot sooner because apparently I can't 
couple of years before I found out about it. You know. Well, I, I would say, I would say to you that as the first editor of the electronic version, that that information was sent out many, 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 many times to lodges to pass on to their members how to get access to it. We did have some glitches. Uh, it was not a perfect launch, and I would certainly be the first to admit that, but it has certainly been promoted. It's been promoted through Grand Lodge publications. It's promoted from with emails. But I agree with you, Stephen. I mean, sometimes we, we think we've promoted some of these things well, and maybe we haven't. Uh, I, I certainly would be the first to admit that. My personal feeling is that we did a lot of work to promote the EB. I think Grand Lodge promotes a lot of stuff that never filters down to the members. And I don't know how David feels about experiences in Washington, but I, I believe that a lot of stuff gets sent out from Grand Lodge that gets processed in a meeting as, oh yeah, we have some correspondence from Grand Lodge and it's on my desk if anybody wants to read it, which nobody does. Uh, you know, we're getting away from that now and more is being read out, but I think that we still have a lot of promotional work. We have a lot of promotional work to do about so many things that we do. And I think that's that's going to be a, a focus of what we have to look at as a Grand Lodge. Yeah, I think that you no, know, there's no reason that Grand Lodge couldn't use um, uh, a method like YouTube to put out video messages on a regular basis. Um, and you know, just another thought to, to another way to connect with uh, the membership that is out there using the YouTube and new technology, right? Um, I mean, we are getting more guys. I mean, look how many guys now. Uh, when I when I started doing uh, text messaging, you asked people to put their hands up how many guys have uh, uh, right? And, you know, you know, you might get five, ten guys to put their hands up, but now it's like easier to say how many guys don't have one, right? And, you know, you might get a couple of guys put their hands up. So, the technology is is being adopted slowly and should, but but for sure it is. It's just a matter of um, getting faster at adopting it uh, within our organization uh, membership. Yeah, slow steps. That's for sure. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's, it's like like you say, a couple of years of traction, right? That's the one thing yeah. that Muslims, uh, don't like that change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can I, can I shift a little bit just for the last few minutes here? I wanted to ask, uh, so, you know, we have a six steps program, and then, of course, we have proficiency that a, that a guy has to do when he comes in as a Mason that's ritual-related. Does BC have a program that's kind of the what's next after steps? What do you, how do you teach him? Uh, we talk about not having content meetings. Well, is there a real membership, I'm sorry, mentorship? Uh, not something we say we have, but is there really happening a real mentorship program that takes a guy through and says, "Here, here's the five things or ten things or twelve things that you should learn for the next five years or six months or whatever it is." I, what I talked about at Grand Lodge one time that when I became a Mason, I was looking for this education and looking for this mystic theory of Masonry, and I just assumed that for six months or three months or however long every Saturday morning from eight till noon or something, I'd have to go to a, a training session to learn about this mystery called masonry and learn what I was supposed to be learning as education. And then when it didn't happen, 
that became my expectation. And so now, you know, guys, hey, we're going to have an education on Saturday morning from 8 to noon. They go, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so is there, does BC have something like that? But it is kind of compulsory. No, I, you know, if I can speak to that, Stephen, before you jump in, I think that one of the things that that we really struggle with is the whole mentorship process. We've talked, and I have books here in my in my uh, basement here about mentorship programs that go back a long way that had a tremendous amount of work uh, put into them. But I don't sense that there are a lot of strong mentors out there who actually will sit and say, okay, here's your next step. You know, here's what you have to do. I find that a lot of sponsors, once they've signed the petition papers, disappear into the woodwork and yep. I think they need to be some of the people who really continue on and mentor some of these candidates and we're trying to do that in our lodge now where we're saying you sponsor somebody you have an obligation to mentor them and bring them along and I know when I when I came into the craft in 1978 I had a sponsor who every Thursday night I knew I was going to his house and I was working on my you know, memory work to prove up and I was doing other things that that I needed to have done. And I had lodge officers who said, hey, we're going to we're going to merit tonight uh, and uh, we're going to come by and pick you up. I mean, it was not a question or not a do you want to come? It was like we're coming by your house a quarter to seven. We'll pick you up. And that, you know, was what you're expected to do. Yep. Now we have very little visiting. Stephen's got a tremendous program in the Okanagan there where he gets a lot of people out to a lot of meetings. There are not, in my humble opinion, very many areas where we have a, a leader like that who takes the bull by the horns. And I think that's what we need. We need people to take the bull by the horns. We have a new member pathway that is being developed that provides for a lot of that mentorship, but it's still gonna be on the individual lodges to have people identified who can be the next Stephen Chung who can do that kind of thing, right? And that's, you know, Stephen's one of those people that has done that. And there are other people throughout the jurisdiction too. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that we need to move forward on if we're going to be successful. Yeah. I'd love to get uh, inside track on that new member pathway. I'd love to know what you're doing there. Well, I think that we can certainly help with information on that. I think that, you know, in this program, and I notice where the time is right now, I mean, we've only touched you know the bare the bare bones of what you know the future of freemasonry we really have uh you know sort of skidded along the surface there's so much depth there that we could get yeah, into yeah. To, to really talk about it because we've got a great fraternity we don't have it seems all the movers and shakers we used to have in the early days of freemasonry where they you know got around a table and planned the future of the world if you like but but we have a um, a craft that I think is is uh, worth fighting for, and I think we're making progress, and we certainly got some quality people, and we just have to, you know, continue moving in that direction. Yeah, I think yeah, sure. I think you're right. Uh, you know, and uh, and I appreciate the, the support there. But you know, all, all I did was open a book called the Mentorship Program that was put out from Grand Lodge, and uh, actually. Ask somebody else to read it. That's all I did, right? <laughs> and so uh, it, it really grew from there. And, and I, you know, I mean, 
one of the things you said I gotta I gotta I wanted to address because it you know it's one of those things that I think it, it is from days in the past and that's the, the mentorship it used to be the guy who brought you in became your mentor and it used to be that that was the guy you'd spend your time with but being that guys don't have all that time the design that that Grand Lodge came out with in the mentorship program uh, by having uh, a committee of mentors um, and a group of people to spread the work amongst um, it's probably the best suggestion ever because um, as the saying goes many hands make light work and you know, when we've got one guy who can't be there for a mentorship coaching session, then you've got another guy who can, right? So, you know, some of the things that were from days gone by are, are, are maybe just that, going to stay there uh, as we, you know, adopt some of the newer uh, technology and, and, and more so, I guess, the ways of doing things because, you know, now we're doing them in group sessions rather than one-on-one, right? Um, and I think that Grand Lodge, by continuing to address um, what the membership is looking for, is what's going to keep our, our Freemasonry going forward interesting and alive. Um, because, you know, it's, why do we come back? Yep. Uh, ask yourself that question, right? Yep. And if you're getting what you're looking for out of it, that's why you're coming back, right? Yep. And a lot of people have different things they're looking for and part of the balance is trying to determine that and part of the balance like you say is you know when you're looking at older uh ways of doing things the mentorship from you know decades ago the one of the questions that i always have is uh what can we can we change from the ancient landmarks that isn't going to affect the history and the quality of the fraternity and what can we change that makes it more uh, engaging and more valuable to newer members? I, I think that Freemasonry has had a rich history and I think there's things with the craft that we don't wanna change, but there probably are some things we can change that will make it more engaging and more relative to the modern, the newer millennials and beyond, whatever the next generation is beyond the you know, the Generation Zs or whatever they are. So, you know, we're we're trying to wrestle with that and determine where that line is. And that's a tough one. That's going to take some work. That it is, I'm sure. I mean, whether you're in, in uh, good old BC here or, or Washington State or in New York, it, it doesn't really matter. I think that, you know, all organizations are facing the same struggle in that sense of, of how to stay up and, and keep the attention of their current members. And um, I, I, I believe that we've got a lot of good things in play already and that they will be successful as they uh, gradually get adopted. Um, you know, things like uh, more helpful uh, websites help those that are looking for um, that type of thing, that, that information at their fingertips you know, uh, for different um, ways of mentoring. Like everything evolves a little bit. And I think that we're doing a darn fine job uh, in North America here anyways, of, um, uh, of finding ways to work within the, the new age. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think definitely taking advantage of the technology too. I mean, gosh, what an, what an opportunity would be if we had some guys sitting around a table at a secure place for instruction 
and most worshipful Doug could come in and enlighten us with some of his mentorshiping. That, that's the, the, the global idea behind what we're at now is that the world is very small with technology and uh, these lines are secure. A video, video, as long as you're not broadcasting on YouTube or something or broadcasting to something, if it's a secure one to two or, or one to connection and we know who's online, it's a secure place for instruction as far as I'm concerned. And so we could have those dialogues and bring in knowledge from other areas instead of you know hearing the same old same old from somebody it'd be even better to do it in person of course but uh you know using technology to our advantages is something we everyone's time noticing that we're coming down to our final minutes in the in time allotted for the podcast uh um is there any message in particular with respect to uh today that you wanted to get out there um start going around the table with uh of course, our, our guest of the day, Doug. Well, I just would, uh, I just want to say that I, you know, I think this has been a great opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity to, to chat. Hope I get a chance to do it again, because like I say, we've kind of just scratched the surface. And I think there's so much out there, as David said, that we could take advantage of. It just requires a couple of people like yourselves and Connor and people that are making these things happen to, to provide, uh, to provide that initial commitment and hopefully we can build on there so that the work's not just the work of a couple of guys, because that's always been one of our downfalls. Hey, eh? we put a lot of pressure on a small number of people. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely appreciate you coming on most wishful. And uh, as, as you'll see in coming up podcast shows that we've got some uh, return guests that are going to become somewhat hosts and interviewing some other people. So be careful what you wish for. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back on again. Um, well, no, I, I really appreciate I really appreciate you being here and it's been a fun fun discussion today as that I was always it always seems like with anything, uh, we call it the meeting after the meeting. And so you, know, you, you want to have that continued discussion and you know you're you're at the top of the stairs and then you're at the bottom of the stairs for another hour and then you're outside for another hour. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, yeah. it's uh, absolutely it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And I do hope I, you know, Stephen had asked me at one time to be a more regular participant and, uh, you know, maybe he's fired up my interest. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a, a great medium. I think we, uh, we have all have some different uh, quality uh, thoughts to share. And, and I think that uh, we'd love to have you on again and, and uh, uh, I'm sure there's going to be many opportunities and topics we can talk about uh, in the years to come. Uh, and and uh, the best part is 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 that these things stay online and and they're available for people at their own leisure of time and not necessarily uh, those who couldn't be with us here while we're live, right? So um, and just so that you know, you know, a lot of our videos where we have you know half a handful of people watching. They're being viewed a couple hundred times, and and, I, and I'd like to thank our vis our uh, returning visitors as well, uh, our, our regular subscribers and listeners for uh, watching and reviewing our videos on YouTube. Uh, we really do appreciate that. And again, our guest host uh, uh, Doug, thank you very much, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, David, any other uh, final words from your side? No, again, we're just really appreciative of uh, Doug being here and uh, looking forward to having him back again and uh, see you soon. All right. All week, I know that uh, Connor is going to be really bummed that he missed this whole episode because uh, he'd been trying to schedule everything around 
making sure he was here to be uh, on with Doug. Uh, he, he was uh, wanting to really participate in this conversation. I'm sure uh, he, he's uh, missing this one uh, and uh, wishes you well as well. I know he was doing that new video blogging thing master. So uh, more on that because I'm sure that'll be on our channel too. All right. So uh, with that being said, I think it's uh, time to uh, build the light, as they say. Uh, so uh, <laughs> podcast land, have a happy rest of your day, everybody. <laughs>